I'm recording, by the way. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to the fourth episode of URL Understanding Real Lives, where we understand real lives through real experiences with real people. And I'm your host, Victor J. Udbaez. And today we have Mr. Kaysan Little in the building. How you doing, Kaysan? Thank you, brother, for inviting me. I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well, doing a lot better now that we got you on the show. So uh, definitely ah, looking forward you. to it. <laughs> yes, sir. So for those who don't know who Kaysan Little is, I think most may know by the name, but for those who don't know, definitely introduce yourself, let people know who Kaysan is. Sure, sure. So I'm Kaysan Little, as mentioned. Um, I'm a community leader here in Elizabeth. Um, you know, I have been... Um, very involved in my community as far as um, working towards justice, building stronger relationships in our community, empowering those to use their voice. Um, and also have, you know, thus far, you know, about, although I may be young, only 20 years old, um, in my 20 years of life, I've been building um, a, a great record um, and, and, and public service and, and community involvement. Um, which later on we'll talk more about. Um, but in my 20 short years of life already, um, I was able, thankfully, to run for two public offices already um, because mm-hmm. our communities are in need of younger change agents who aren't afraid to say to power's face that something is wrong and to abolish hateful, ugly systems that we've created to seek to destroy us as human beings. Yes, 100%. And I think that, you know, people that might be hearing you now from the first time might think you're a seasoned veteran in doing this. Uh, but I think it's worthy <laughs> to know. <laughs> yes, I think it's also worthy to know that you come from a very extensive background of of, yes. of leaders, of leaders not yes. only in New Jersey, but in the in the nation. So um, mm-hmm. you're, you're related to, who was it again? So that people know. <laughs> Malcolm X. <laughs> yes, look at that. So, so the, there's a connection there with the, with, brought down to yes, you definitely I, i'm still like in awe that we were able to discover that um strong family um discovery right um that, of course mm-hmm. that required a lot of digging that required listening to um the older matriarches um in our families um and understanding where it all began right mm-hmm. um so in my family it began in two places it began in nebraska where Malcolm X was from, but mostly it began in North Carolina. It began in Mount Gilead, North Carolina, where my family have originated, um, where my grandfather was born. Now this 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 connection with him is through, um, of course, the little side, which not only my last name is Little, but it was two sides of my family. We have the grand side and we have a little side. Okay. Um, and this relationship with him is through my grandfather's side, which him and my grandfather are very close and relation cousins um, through their parents. So we were able to thankfully um, discover that. And that it's a blessing because, you know, when we go about this work and it's rarely someone in your family that are doing it other than yourself, you ha- it forces us to to reflect and to push, okay, 
why is this in my blood right mm-hmm. like where did this come from yeah um <laughs> and we knew what we each and every one of us that are holding a line out there we know it's coming from somewhere whether it's because it's just our hearts telling us it's the moral and righteous thing to do or if it's because you know in some cases um it's 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 a strong passion and your family bloodline it's so important that when they're passing these torches they also want to make sure that they're passing it to those who are committed right who are mm-hmm. not only seasonally committed but life long committed to this fight um, like literally committed to the day we take our last breath. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I pledge and have been committed for. And, and it's only the beginning, but I, anyone who knows me knows I do not look forward to stopping at least definitely until my very last breath that I take. Yes. I think that's what you touched on a, a lot of great points, but I think that, you know, it's definitely important for us to realize as a youth that everything we do matters, whether it gets mentioned or not, mm-hmm. whether it gets said or not in the news Absolutely. or whether it gets noticed or not, even by our neighbors, everything we do matters mm-hmm. for better or for worse. Um, and then also, since you also, we obviously know now the extensive of uh, the extent of your family, of your history with that background in law and civil rights and just advocating for justice and for speaking up. And you also touched on that you ran for Board of Ed. So how were you yes. as a student going up in elementary school, middle school, and going into high school, how were you? Were you a regular student? Did you notice things that other students may not have noticed? <laughs> how was that? People in my age group that was in my classes or my peers throughout the district, we were always different because while they were busy on, you know, sports or athletics, I was busy on like policy and seeing how the policies that were in place at that time was beneficial to the students. So tying it to um, if we'll, if we will be best served to these policies that are in place, mm-hmm. if these policies are, are, are for a case on little, or if these policies are for a, a Victor Rubias, right? Mm-hmm. Like if these policies are for those kids that they are representing, if it's not, we got to tear those policies away. At that time, I would strategically and diligently, carefully pay attention and study uh, my school board policies. For example, uh, whether it was a uniform code or if it was um, uh, student code of conduct or uh, parent code of conduct. I mean, once when you act as a liaison between school administration or district administration and your student peers, you have to really be well versed in those things that already exist, so you could better help one another with questions, right, or with guiding. Um, so I knew I had an obligation to be ten steps ahead than the average student because. I wanted to be in this role. So in order for me to, to, to be in this position, position, I had to self-educate myself Very important. the things that already exist and memorize it and study it and continue to reflect on it, but also to 
make others aware that it exists. Because here's the thing, while we're dealing with so many things in life, and already while we're dealing with the hard job of being a student. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> um, the everyday job of a student. Right? <laughs> it's a full-time job. While we're dealing with the full-time jobs of being a student, it will always come with challenges, right? It will always come with um, difficulties or um, different awakenesses that we wouldn't have a choice but to be involved. And the rewarding experiences to me was to empower other students' voices, to amplify their voices, to give my voice to them, to, to give voices vo- my voice to the voiceless and then have them be centered in the decision-making process, push them to sacrifice some time away from video games. So the, the point that I'm trying to make is that, you know, I knew that it was a really, it was a calling for me to um, lead the way. Um, it's particularly just looking at the challenges of each student and, and, and what they face. Um, growing up in Elizabeth, a, a, a city that um, is predominantly uh, black and, and and a Latino community, right? I want um, yes, I wanted and, to point that out. Yes, 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 yes. And to know that we had leaders in that in the city in their school district who care to not include the students in that process, um, that's not only troublesome, but that's. Uh, again, a great disservice to the kids, and we don't need leaders like that anywhere. I think when we wake up and we start to realize what happens at the most localist levels, at the smallest decisions being made in our districts, we really see the, as you mentioned, the neglect, the the almost kind of like, I don't care about it. I'm just yep. here to, to sit in the seat and kind of move on with my life. Exactly. I think that if we look over the course of America, we can always see that it's not really just the weapons and the mass destruction that that brings about attention. It's just the voices. It's just a true voice that's able to speak out when necessary and speak out consistently. And and you brought a good you you brought a good point about speaking out. And I would be remiss if I did not touch up on this part. When you speak out against a machine, it comes with a lot of pushback. Especially at that time when I was a student, I would organize, I would lead, I would be in positions of speaking a lot. I would go to board meetings, I would study the policies, I would educate the community. Now, leaders don't like that. Leaders don't like when you do more work than them if they're in these leadership positions and roles. It's like saying, I want to be a leader, I want to be president of the United States, but I don't want to work for the people. That is what we're up against right here. That is what we've had, we, we've been having in our district for years. We've had people in positions of power who do not want to work for the people, but who necessarily want to really be reactive instead of being proactive. So the speaking out part that I'm trying to say, tie it to, is that when I was speaking out so much due to the district's wrongdoing and disservice amongst the public, and most importantly, the students, they would retaliate. They would try to intimidate, literally to the point where I had to seek legal advice in order to graduate from high school. 
for those who may not know what that is, can you give a little quick synopsis of what that means? Yes, that means you had to hire an attorney to graduate. And I'm about to go and I'm going to touch up on that in a minute. <laughs> so now when I declared my candidacy to run for um, Board of Education, to run for commissioner of the Board of Education at 18 years old, that's something that Elizabeth has never seen. Elizabeth has never seen um, a student so involved, a student so well-versed, so well-educated, um, so articulated, so passionate, so devoted in others, so devoted in service in the community that sacrifices or give of themselves at an early age because it's deemed necessary or make no mistake, it's at least my or our moral obligation, right? When we're thinking about others. But when I did that, I knew what I was up against because I knew and educated myself in the political landscape and, and, and atmosphere of Elizabeth politics. Now, for those who don't know, school board elections in the, in the country, in the United States, are federally mandated to be nonpartisan, which means no political affiliations whatsoever. School board elections are supposed to be separate from political elections. It's supposed to be separate from city governing um, elections like city council or mayor or state assembly or senators, freeholders, whatever. School board elections are supposed to be a non-political race. We come to the sad reality to unfortunately know that it is political because of the ties, because of how the election cycle, the electoral college, the, we have the, the, the party lines intact. In so when we have a school board election at the very bottom of the ballot that takes place the very same day as other general elections on that same ballot, we have to say to ourselves, are we really paying attention? Teach them their true raw aggregate history. Unfortunately, we know that our raw aggregate history have never been taught in education systems throughout this country, have never been, because our histories are so powerful that they don't want that to be exposed. Mm -hmm. So all these buckles back down to why education should not be political, but the fact that it is political, we must talk about it. And this is why it is so, it is incumbent on us to speak up. It is incumbent on us to lead. It is incumbent, incumbent on us to, to pay attention, to act. And those who don't know what power means, power means the ability to act. So many people, and I used to, I'm guilty of this too. I used to be afraid of power because I've seen those in power do so many disgusting things. But when we guard that word, when we take control of word of that word, it will lead us to beautiful places. I think that when you talk about becoming a leader at a local level, I think that's almost in the same way of be, when you talk about federal positions, when you talk about judges, when you talk about you know, people in Congress and the Senate, your local right. elections and your local governments are just as important, if not even more important Absolutely. than those. Because they, the policies, as you mentioned earlier, the policies that are being uh, conducted and the policies being brought out at your local levels affect you personally, whether yes, you believe in it or not. Yes, all politics are local. Yep. 
Exactly. It's so just I, like tying to how the police departments are treating you in your town. I mean, like, mm-hmm. it, it, not federal department, your own police department in your town. Mm-hmm. Like, this is all in the hands of your governing body, those who are representing you. And now let's talk about two things that those in power, right, quote-unquote in power, hate, mm-hmm. and the oh. reason why they despise a Kaysan Little or anyone that decides to speak up mm. is because, number one, when you are a leader and when you do pay attention, you're able to notice all the things that go slipped under the table and you're able to now say when you're in a public office okay this has been going on and i'm actually going to talk about it and tell the public that who we are supposed to serve i'm going to let them know what's happening behind closed doors and that's something they hate right but two when we talk about local that level of transparency Mm -hmm. exactly transparency is very important but it's often just Going under the table, and then also, and I think you can touch on this as well, specifically to Elizabeth or even to elections in general, is that most of these public seats are not one with a million votes. They're not one with mm-hmm. a whole lot of even a whole lot of money behind them. I know these towns here in Jersey, some of them don't even have elections. They go the seats are uncontested. The seats go right. with the same person winning for three, four to the max terms they can without ever having to run against anyone. Because people are scared to challenge the authority, to challenge exactly. the, 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 the upper echelon. Up on that. Yeah, so in Elizabeth, for an example, we have a very disgusting election that takes place. We have a very illegal election, a very unethical election, a very unfair election that takes place. And here's why. We've had a mayor in Elizabeth that's been mayor for nearly or over 30 years. 30 years because when you are in the seat that long you feel like you're untouchable you feel like hands down no matter who's upset at you they can't do anything about it because if you made it that long you can make it another 30 years long that is their mentality but he controls the school board because he selects people on his ticket those who don't have an interest he selects these people on his ticket because they will do his dirty work. They will vote in the way that he wants them to vote. Whether if it's hooking his friends up with jobs, whether if it's um, changing policies in his interests or his liking, but not in the liking of the children. And this is why I stay upset. You can call me an angry black man. You can call me someone who don't wanna see um, him win. No, you know what, he, he has won enough. He doesn't need to win anymore. He has won for 30 years. Pass a torch. You know what? People like that won't pass anything. So we have to take that power from them. And so those people that look up to a Kaysan or maybe look up to other young leaders in their communities, um, what is it, since we are talking about local governments, how exactly do you get started as far as, you know, really those that might be scared to maybe push forward, but how do you actually get started? Do you have to go to your city council? Do you have to go to your local government and, and fill out an application? How do you get started in running for, let's say, a board of education in your local town? First, you have to pick up a nominating petition and you have to circulate that petition around to get as much signatures that is required. For example, in my case, 15 signatures are required or 10. And it's always good to go 
over the required amount because in case if you get challenges, for example, if somebody challenges your petition, which those who are likely to challenge your petition is those who have been in those positions of power for a long time that I want you to get in. So they're going to try to disrupt you and challenge you so you can't get in. Um, so that means you have to have the required number of signatures by registered voters in your local town, community, borough, municipality. Um, so in Elizabeth, which is 10 signatures and 15 signatures are required, you need those signatures to be from Elizabeth residents only. You have to be 18 years of age or 17 years old and a half, but you will be 18 years of age by the time election season arrives. Got it. Um, and you also have to file a um, federal elect campaign contribution um, site, which means every contribution you raise on your campaign, whether it's, um, I, I think in some cases it depends on what office you're running for, but I think in this case for school board, you have to, um, it depends on, you have to really um, upload every campaign contribution you receive to its state website because your campaign contributions has to, by law, has to be public. That running for office really also requires a lot of education because you have to meet so many of its state mandated guidelines or federal mandated guidelines, even if you're running for a local office, right? Um, you have to really make sure that you're in tune with um, election laws while you're running for an elected office. I think that's super important to understand exactly, you know, of course, what you're running for, of course, the qualifications when you start. And as you mentioned, there, in those simple requirements, there may and most likely will be a lot of pushback from those in, again, quote unquote, power Certainly. in order. Yeah, in order to um, in order to haunt you from moving forward. Mm -hmm. And now for the other side of the spectrum, for those, you know, let's say young men and women, for those young people in general who may think on the other side of things well my local government may not be as important i don't see that change can be made in local board of ed or in a local city council because my town is so small i know my answer to that is injustice anywhere is a threat to justice anywhere amen and brother and yes and that doesn't just it mean don't matter brutality. Your town is, damn it 12 blocks long exactly so much greatness to contribute to your area exactly so uh, that's always my message that if you can push the envelope and you can create positive change even in the smallest area you inspire somebody else like you mentioned earlier in order to do it in a bigger area now you right. have two people two people on the council or on the board of ed that are with you then you have three and now all of a sudden you have the majority in order Absolutely. to push an agenda with Absolutely. love with care with positivity yep. at the forefront for students for your town for whatever the case right. may be and so how do you think or how do you hope uh, politics will play out or Jersey, you know, Board of Education will play out as we transition into becoming the 25 year olds or 30 year olds of New Jersey and of this country? What is your hope and what do you envision for the future? What I hope and what I know is going to happen 
because young people are enraged. They're disgusted. They had enough. They're tired. They're tired of, of seeing the older ones um, in pain. They're tired of seeing hurt. We're going to uh, organize effectively for change as those hatred people or people full of hate are organizing effectively to increase hate in these communities. And that means tearing the back cover of the page, of the page in the book that our ancestors do not believe in. That means finishing their unfinished business. Because we know we live in this under, we operate under a system and we operate under, uh, in, in a country that is the richest country in the world, right? The history of the world. It, history of the world. But we know that in this disgusting country, <laughs> ooh, where the fuck begin with that? In this country, <laughs> we, are, we have so many problems. Yes. With... I want to I want to backtrack on that. Not the history <laughs> of the world, but actually some African empires that were um, just beyond rich beyond measure uh, in, in ancient times. So I'm going to take that back. But yes, continue. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just just so many things that are really happening, and so many things that forces us to pay attention. But those who can't pay attention because they're stuck on surviving without getting federal assistance or federal relief support, especially during this global health pandemic that we are going through right now, that we're facing, that is called the coronavirus, COVID-19. When we look up to politicians, this is why I don't look up to anybody but the younger people and but Kason, because those who are in there right now have already shown what they're about. Why are we giving them more time to continue to show what they're about if they are about nothing? So those who are listening, I want you guys to take this away with you that in order to get to tomorrow, we must fight today. And change starts with you. Means by looking in the mirror, reminding yourself that you are destined for greatness, reminding yourself that no one's coming to save you but you. And it's 90%, 95% of what you dish out to the world, that it's only 5% left of what the world already has. But you make those spaces that you walk in. Those spaces do not make you. It's like saying you want to go to this great college because this great college has a history of this X, Y, and Z. But that college does not know who is walking in there next. You, you are walking in there. Whether if it's a college, whether if it's a store, a bodega, whatever the space is, you make that space because of your great contributions and what your passion is and what your greatness dishes out to those spaces that you walk in. You make those spaces. Those spaces do not make you. It takes one person to pay attention. It takes one person to speak out against what they have been paying attention about, which in this case is injustice in any way, shape, or form. And it takes one and it takes one person 
to bring about change. You are able to do it by yourself. And once we know that you're doing it for the right reasons, we will back you up. And we, as in myself, as in Kaysan Little, and as in a whole lot of people in New Jersey, New York, Colorado, California, you know, good people find good people. And and at some point- We just ultimately, we automatically connect. (laughs) Exactly. It's just one of those things where we're going to find each other somehow, some way. So Exactly. And I would just like to definitely thank you, Kaysan, for being a part of the show, for being a part of URL. This will definitely not be thank the last time. Thank you so time much that we for speak. having me on, my brother. Yes, 100%. We would definitely have you back on on later topics uh, to give us updates on what's going on in our local governments. But thank you so yes. much. And best, you know, best uh, foot forward for your future endeavors. And we'll definitely be keeping a watch. Likewise, King, thank you for having me on.